Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, boy. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you got through the weekend. Wow. You know, I think every time we think we've heard it all, a new uh, wrench or zinger is kind of thrown into the mix. So last week, what was it? Thursday? Uh, yes, it was Thursday. We found out that Trump tested positive for COVID. Trump and his wife, uh, first lady. Man, didn't see that coming. Or did ya? Interesting, because often the red states, the Republican states, are the ones that aren't taking the mask wearing seriously. I've heard a lot of stories of people traveling and being told as they're entering certain bars, restaurants, and environments that uh, masks aren't required, or we don't do that here. Whoa! Public safety, what happened to that? Care and compassion. Just trying to pack them in, make some money, and uh, dig their heels into, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I, I'll i acknowledge this. I very much live under a rock. I am constantly generally surrounded by very liberal, progressive, or radical thinkers. Why? Well, that's the world that makes sense to me. That's the kind of thinking that I want to internalize. I don't have any interest in hearing people's thoughts about the value of certain lives. Um, and so I don't know what the rhetoric is or what, you know, or rhetoric as some say, uh, what's the rhetoric around the lack of mask wearing that it's not real, that we don't need to worry that they're defending their rights. You know, again, I think we have to look at the hierarchy of values. And for me, the highest value is care, compassion, and trying to save lives. And that comes before maybe some of my civil rights being stamped upon. Look, I, I'm a radical. I'm an anarchist. I, I don't believe in a lot of government control. I think that sometimes the law is quite unjust. But, you know, what all those things are led with, especially my feminism, is care and compassion, mutual aid, looking out for others, more of a collective responsibility versus the more liberal perspective in our culture, right? Neoliberalism and capitalism, that's what liberalism is. And liberalism's generally rooted in, ah, the system's not so bad. Let's keep things in place and just add more diversity within the system that's not working, right? And radicalism, anarchism is about, let's actually build new systems. Let's actually build the ones we need. Let's actually create the kind of world we wanna have. Let's actually look out for each other, right? And that's why we use, the, we, excuse me, we use the word mutual aid, which means people help each other out versus liberalism, which is often rooted in what's in it for me. It's very individualistic. Like I'm worrying about myself, my family, my house, my neighborhood, my city, my state, my country, where, you know, more of these more radical perspectives, which I actually don't see as radical. I think it's more care and compassionate, right? Where I think liberalism is often quite radical. Um, 
we think more about others. <laughs> we care about how we impact the environment, people in other countries. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I don't buy American made. I buy made, I try to shop from companies that have fair wages and fair labor laws. I want everyone to have income and healthcare, everyone around the country. I don't prioritize my country, my state, my neighborhood, my household. I try to look out for others. And I think that that's what I want more of. So, you know, again, look, Trump and his wife uh, came back positive. I don't want to hear anyone in pain. I hope that this does remove him from the race. Although, you know, Trump is quite dishonest and crooked and an egomaniac. And so I'm sure that there's some spin to this that will really make it about him being, you know, the best as he likes to see himself. I don't know, y'all. But, you know, again, let's we're going to be until uh, I'm blue in the face. Vote. <laughs> I went online and found out that I was no longer I, not that I wasn't any longer registered, that they couldn't find my registration. I've shared this before, so I'm glad I checked the registration page. Um, very easy to find. I had to re-register. I'm waiting for my ballot to come in the mail. I think I heard that that's, gosh, that's coming any day now. I'm really excited to do that. So, you know, look, I, 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 I know that a lot of people are saying, look, the system is a problem in and of itself. I get that. And we need to work on changing it. Uh, I think this is a case where we change it best from within versus standing outside throwing rocks at it. Uh, please vote. Uh, it is the lesser of two evils. And we really need to make the necessary changes. Again, I'm worried about the more exploited, uh, marginalized people in the world. I, I will be okay. I have enough privilege and power that I'll get my needs met. If I need to leave the country or whatever it is, I'll handle that. But not everyone has that ability. But... I want to kind of circle back. I was talking a lot last week about, you know, exploring other options. You know, I've come to the conclusion that it's necessary, most likely that I stay put and I fight uh, for the people that are here. You know, it's really easy to relocate. But what does that leave behind? Who's left behind? Who are you leaving to fend for themselves, right? And I really very much believe in that. I've, I've shared that before where if every radical thinker, every marginalized exploited identity moves to the big city where we're safer. I understand where that happens. There's more acceptance there. But what happens to those that can't do that, that are left behind in these Republican, more, um, you know, non-Christian, but claim to be Christian kind of environments. Because remember, Jesus, well, Jesus was an anarchist. He was against government. He was against money. He hung out with those on the margins, uh, prostitutes, people of color, the homeless, the sick, and that was his that was his shtick. He wasn't about money. He wasn't about power. And that's why I laugh at some of these Christians that are all about elitism and capitalism and um, hate. You know, that just wasn't what Jesus preached. Jesus wasn't a Christian. And maybe that's the distinction that Christianity has an issue. Not all Christians. Um, I don't know. We'll talk more about spirituality and God. I think that that's something I need to bring more in. I, I very much have a part of me that does believe in God. Um, clearly not the cliche standard issue version of God, uh, you know, the God that is transcendent of things like gender and human creation. So it's more a collective consciousness. It, it really more is aligned with Eastern um, philosophy and spirituality, Hinduism, Buddhism, things like that. So we'll talk more about that. I'm always trying to bring new things in that I want to bring more in also constantly trying to bring in more talk around addiction and things like that. But um, anyway, question of the night, as always, <laughs> Up on our Loveline IG page, uh, we'll be doing that later in the show, as well as talking about important bisexual people of color, why we need more visibility around bisexuality and bisexual people of color. Definitely don't get that in school. And a lot of the figures that we learn about were gay, queer, or bi. And also 20 changes to uh, improve the marriage, the marriage you're in. Now, again, whether you're married or single or whatever you're up to, 
Uh, these things are just general human skills, and that's why these are applicable to literally everyone, whether married, uh, monogamous, whatever it is. This is this is just the world. All right, y'all, we got to go. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about some news. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about some news, always changing. And one of the topics we're going to talk about later in the week, I think tomorrow's show, I'm going to cover more deeply, more extensively. And we'll continue to because I was saying this last week that the holidays are coming. There's a lot of different holidays coming for all sorts of people and you know different racial and religious backgrounds, spiritual as well, equinox, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Wiccans will be celebrating soon. High, you know, high five to y'all. So, uh, what was my point? I had a bigger point. Uh, we'll be talking more about the upcoming holidays, the anxiety, depression, isolation that we're fearing other ways to really be present to what's happening. Um, also want to give you just, you know, again, remind y'all I'm doing a live stream show called I'm listening live that happens every Thursday night, 5 PM Pacific, 8 PM Eastern celebrities, experts, uh, COVID mental health, the intersections of all that. And that's always at the uh, radio.com handles, radio.com on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So check that out. And as always, Loveline podcasted. That's right, at wearechannelq.com. So go back, post, and share. Um, all right, let's talk about some stuff. So uh, yeah, CDC. Again, take it with a grain of salt. They used to be really great resource for information. Now, not so much. Trump administration has kind of gotten their foothold in there. But the CDC, Center for Disease Controls, releases guidelines for upcoming Thanksgiving. I personally don't use the word Thanksgiving. I talk about Indigenous People's Day. I now try to remember to use that day to actually, God, honor those whose lives were lost when we came over here and tried to steal land and create genocide. And so I don't use the word Thanksgiving. I know some people still do. I know some people still do because it's familiar to them. That word falls out of my mouth. So um, you know, again, that, that season, uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention issues guidelines for gatherings, uh, for those that do celebrate Thanksgiving. CDC says that staying home is the best way to protect yourself and others. And that's what you're going to be hearing all year. I'm sorry to tell you that you're going to hear that for, uh, the Christmas holidays and Kwanzaa. And you're going to hear that for Jewish celebrations. You're going to hear that for Wiccan celebrations. Y'all stay home. <laughs> Sorry, it's all canceled, including New Year's. It really is. My buddy who's in school just let me know that uh, his school in-person on-site has been canceled through to July of next year, which means he will not be returning to cam uh, campus and graduating. I mean, he'll graduate, but he won't be going back to campus at all. I mean, that's kind of where we're at, but we need to be there. This isn't forever. Let's get this done. Y'all make it get dragged out, those that insist on partying. Like, dear God, let me just say this, though. Regardless of what you've been up to, please go get tested. If you're going to be going home and being around your family, please don't bring something home to them. Please don't think that because of your age or the fact that you do a lot of crunches and you know have a caloric deficit and have abs that you somehow are not possibly positive for COVID. You might be. Many people are asymptomatic. Please go get tested before you go home. Family members, if anyone will be coming home from college or whatever it is, please enforce rules and regulations and expectations that they get tested before they enter the home and maybe infect others. Like, that's really important. There's nothing wrong with that. It can be a very loving conversation. So y'all have my support in having that. Um, what else are we looking at? I mean, again, some heartbreaking stuff. If we want to look at coronavirus study finds that 10% of all COVID cases are children. You know, again, 10% is a big deal. New study done by the American Academy of Pediatrics and Children's Health Association has found that the numbers for children getting COVID has jumped. I know in April, it was only 2.2% were children. Well, as of September, it's now 10. So it's rising. And I know we used to think that it was people that were larger bodied. We now know it's not about the BMI. We also know that the BMI is highly problematic and fatphobic. The size of your body isn't going to determine your health. It never does. 
Um, uh, we're not going to, yeah. I mean, and also the tapes from the grand jury of the Brianna Taylor trial were, uh, will be released, have been released. Excuse me. Um, that's interesting. After an anonymous juror filed a motion requesting all recordings, transcripts, and reports of the grand jury to be released. I know that people were talking about that last week. I haven't had time to dig into that. I would be curious to hear from those that have what they make of what they stumbled upon. Heartbreaking stuff. Um, also American airlines, United airlines furloughed, uh, furloughed thousands. Uh, this was also last week. American United Airlines are moving forth furloughing thousands of employees. My heart hurts for all of them, truly. I know a lot of people that work in that airline industry, and they're not really sure what their next step is going to be. Also, a, a video went viral. I think it was on Friday or Saturday from a flight attendant on the airplane reading her final goodbye message to the crew and passengers and these are people's lives and careers, and for some, their family. You know, they live and travel with these people extensively. Uh, you could be the coronavirus for Halloween. Oh my God! Yep, of course. Capitalism. Let's make money off everything. Amazon's now selling a creepy coronavirus mask for Halloween. <laughs> Features an all-white mask with scary fangs as teeth, creepy blue eyes, and a little red virus particles all over the mask. God bless it. The second colorway is a green head with purple spikes. Mask is about twenty-five bucks. God, if I saw that, I'm not sure if I would know that that's what that was. Also in the news, hotels are offering schoolcation packages to desperate parents. Yep, I love neologisms, new words that emerge out of current cultural moments. Uh, schoolcation, that's a new one. Hotels and restaurants across the US are now offering schoolcation packages, which encourages frustrated parents to hit the pool while hotel employees help their children with their schoolwork. I mean, we're all trying to figure out how to make money during this time. There's one. For example, travelers staying at the Four Seasons in Orlando, Florida can sign up for supervised schoolwork sessions. 50 bucks for a half day, 100 for a full day for a hotel employee. Sit with your kid, help with their schoolwork while you lay by that pool. <laughs> God. I mean, you can only pull off so many of them unless you have a lot of means, and then that could be a full-time gig. But I get it. I get it. This is really funny. And the Timber Ridge, uh, Timber Ridge Lodge and Water Park, this is Wisconsin, they're offering an after-school program, their after-school version of that, so kids can learn with their parents during the day. And when they're done, hotel staff will take the kids horseback riding into the arcade. I mean, it's kind of where we're at right now, y'all. God bless it. All right, that's that for now. Coming up next, we're going to talk about important bisexual people of color from history. That's right. Let's get some education in there. Uh, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back. Now, I don't know how much things have changed since I was last in school. Last in school. Excuse me, it's been a long time. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure in a lot of places it's the same, right? Where, you know, sex ed is horrible. Talks about, you know, fear and anxiety, straight-based. And I'm assuming that history and a lot of the humanities are that way as well. I know when I was in school, no one talked about anyone of color. Um, and when we talked about some of these important figures, not necessarily the ones we're going to talk about right now, but just in general, they never mentioned whether they were gay or straight or trans. None of that stuff was ever brought up. And that's really meaningful to acknowledge the worth and value of all different kinds of people. And we need to stop centering the white cis hetero experience and just continuing to glorify that without even actually even balancing it out. Like we still, I don't know if schools are talking yet about what happened with Christopher Columbus. And if we're still using these images of the Indians welcoming them and them sitting down together, it's like, I'm sorry, they distributed blankets with small pox. That's what 
That's what was being done. Like it was gross. It was, uh, it was such a violent act of colonization. And that's why it's really hard for me when I hear people talk about, we're going to try to colonize Mars. Oh, really bring our crappy, crappy values up there as well. Destroy another planet because we aren't taking care of this one. We're not taking care of the earth. We haven't shown that we are mature enough to be given another planet. I'm sorry. We're going to go up there and recreate the same problems, putting money and profit before people and their needs and their health. I mean, it's a mess. So so much to unpack, but when we look at the, the, the ethics, we're so disconnected from the world around us, from animals, from nature, from the planet, and yet our mental health and our physical health is directly tied to the health of the environment. It sustains life for us, and we really try to create a, a distinction as though we're not interconnected, and we are. And I've shared that before, that some of those powerful moments I've had of mental healing are when I'm connected with nature. Um, when I'm eating a plant-based diet, when I'm walking around barefoot on the grass, when I'm sitting in front of the ocean, when I'm up in the mountains, right? All of these beautiful moments, and you don't need to travel to have those, but we need to start respecting the interconnection we have with the environment and animals. And it scares me that we're going to go to another planet. We're trying to, or we're going to just create the same destruction and problems up there. Heartbreaking, but in service of kind of being honest with what's going on and who people are and also expanding our understanding. We're going to talk about some bisexual people of color that they didn't teach you about in history class. Now, again, this is really valuable because we don't just ignore people of color, but bisexuality still is something that a lot of people don't think is real and they don't honor. And remember, bisexuality is not about 50-50. It never claimed to be and it's not. It's the recognition that you have an interest in more than one gender. And that percentage is going to shift and change. And even if it's just 10% in one direction, that doesn't make it less meaningful to that person. And we can't decide what someone's true and full total sexual orientation is based on the gender expression of the partner they're with. Just because you see someone who's male identify with someone female identified, that doesn't mean that they're both hetero. One of them could be bi, queer, pan. One of them could also maybe be gay. That happens as well. Some, and maybe one of them's asexual. We never know. Um, so my first favorite one is Josephine Baker. I'm not sure how familiar you are with her, but if you're not, please go become. Uh, Lynn Whitfield uh, did a, was this, played her in a very beautiful biopic, and it's quite old. I don't, I don't remember what year it was, but this is well back into the 90s. Josephine Baker was, a, was, a, was an amazing human being, a humanitarian and activist. Uh, she was also the first African-American star to, she was the first African-American to play a lead role in a major motion picture. Um, she's a dancer and entertainer really powerful, adopted a wide range of children to try to give them a life. You know, it was really stunning. She dealt with a lot of segregation. She was not allowed to perform in some places in the US. She was also a big figure in the movement for civil rights. Uh, she got married to a man at 13, divorced sometime later, but also married three other times. And she had many relationships with both men and women. Stunning human being, one of the most multi-talented people, Josephine Baker just awesome, sex positive, body positive, trying to battle race. Also, Jean-Michael Basquiat, Jean-Michel Basquiat, uh, famously also dated Madonna. <laughs> but that's a kind of an interesting claim to fame, not gonna lie. Uh, one of the greatest artists of the 20th century. You know, he was kind of going around the times of Andy Warhol back in New York City, and this is back in the early 80s. Uh, but again, he was attracted to all different kinds of people. He's one of those people who would fall under the heading more of pansexual because for him it was about finding beauty in everyone and whatever connection he felt, he kind of was led by that and didn't care what their gender was. Um, who else do we have here? I'm noticing the clock, so I'm just going to drop uh, one more on you. Someone you all know. Billie Holiday. Let's go that route. Billie Holiday. Famous, famous, amazing jazz singer. She's from the 30s. 
also someone who um, dealt with drug addiction, God bless her, it's what took her out, but uh, also had same-sex relationships. She was openly bisexual, but of course we didn't talk about it in the 30s, still not necessarily talking about it now. And then let's also land with the ever-famous Malcolm X and Frida Kahlo. Frida Kahlo, very iconic Mexican artist. Her work is stunning, very vulnerable, very honest. The meaning that she puts in her her work is mind-boggling, but she definitely, 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 uh, George O'Keefe is someone she was maybe linked to have been with. Also Malcolm X, yep. Big hero, he was assassinated in the 60s, heartbreaking, rumored to have had same-sex experiences. It's very possible. A lot of people that we value, uh, women people, women from the suffrage movement that got women the right to vote, a lot of them were lesbians, had secret female relationships. Um, a lot of famous artists like Leonardo da Vinci, people like that were gay. Got to talk about this stuff. All right, y'all, coming up next, slide into those DMs and then question of the night. So that's up, weigh in on that. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world, and we want you to explore with confidence. Here we go. Dear Dr. Chris and Loveline, I like when everyone gives a shout-out to everybody, the whole squad. Uh, I've been having such a hard time climaxing lately. It's like I'm not into it, and then my mind wanders off, and I can't get it together. Is this normal? I feel stressed, but not overly stressed to the point where it's an issue. So this is a beautiful topic because there's so much connected to it. I think because some of us can get aroused very easily or climax and orgasm very easily, that the assumption is that that's our baseline. Or maybe we think others do because of the sex partners we've had or you know the pornography we're watching. But remember, arousal, and I'm talking about desire. I'm using arousal in a very broad word. I'm talking about sexual desire, sexual arousal in terms of self-lubrication and erection. Um, And again, all bodies get erect. All of our lower anatomy gets filled with blood, regardless of whether or not you're a vagina or vulva owner or penis owners, all of those areas enlarge. And also the ability to get a high enough level of arousal to orgasm. These are very complex processes. (laughs) I, you know, if, if I ever walked you through all the things that need to happen, it's not as simple as just hydraulics and blood flow. And I've heard some people gynecologically and urolo- urologically say that, and that's just not true. There's so much psychological and other physiological components related to that. And it's a system that's very easily disrupted by medications and stress and worry and all sorts of other pieces, right? So when someone's talking about not being able to climax, I remind them that we want to work from a pleasure-based model. Because when I hear words that are calling out their body not doing what they want it to do, I say to them, that's a performance-based model. Your body isn't a car. It's not supposed to operate a certain way at all times. Otherwise, it's broken. It's a pleasure-based model. So the question shouldn't be, is it working correctly or right? The, the question should be, are you having fun and enjoying yourself? And I want everyone to remember that we can enjoy sexuality and touch over our entire bodies without having to necessarily orgasm or even be fully aroused. We just have to have a willingness and openness. And often I coach clients into not having every quote unquote erotic or sensual or sexual moment always have to be about things like penetration or orgasm to remind ourselves that it's bigger than that. You know, I let me use like a shopping metaphor. 
you don't necessarily every time you go out shopping have to purchase something for it to have been successful or fun. Don't you sometimes just want to be out in the world window shopping, seeing what's out there, talking to people. Maybe you go with a friend, you still had fun, you came home with nothing, but you were with each other and you saw things and experienced things and had good conversation. Sex is like that too. We really want to get away from a performance-based model and get back to pleasure. So a few things. I don't know if you're taking a medication that's making it more difficult. I don't know if you are not relaxing, giving yourself enough time, or maybe you're not even aroused enough because, you know, if we were to break it down into simple terms, which we can't, it would basically be that there's physical and there's psychological, and you need at least one of them to push you over the threshold to get you to orgasm. So if psychologically you're not really in the mood, I would honestly prefer you to just say, I'll stop here. But if you're with a partner and you feel safe and comfortable and for whatever reason you're like, I want to ignore where my body's at and I want to try to push it there, then you can amp up the physical, the physical stimulation to account for the lower level of psychological and also vice versa. Sometimes if the feelings and the stimulation physically isn't that great, we can psychologically really try to get into our bodies or turn ourselves on by the things we're thinking about. And note, and think about that, you know, when you have sex with a partner or even yourself, your mind wanders and it's thinking about erotic scenarios. Uh, try amping it up maybe with some pornography. Find some really good body positive feminist based porn, which is now very accessible. Really great companies to support. Always pay for your porn. That is someone's job, the creators, the performers. Uh, there's no such thing as free porn. And culturally, we really somehow think that we have a right to access that for free. But would you steal a musician's music for free or a film and not think that their you know, labor doesn't you know, have value for payment, right? So we want to get a little bit better about that. Everyone's uh, time and energy and labor matters. So anyway, Slime the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world and we want you to explore with confidence. Coming up next, ways to improve your marriage, necessary changes for the positive. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back. Time to talk about some positive changes to make to improve your relationship. Yo, we are all in many different relationships at all times, right? There are familial ones with our family, social ones with friends, romantic ones, sexual ones, even relationships we have with employer, employer, or colleagues, things like that. And uh, a lot of skills are transferable, but we're going to kind of zero in on, you know, focusing on what's right instead of what's wrong. That's a good tip. I think, you know, when we're talking about ways to improve relationships, especially, you know, romantic ones, whether married or not, it's really easy for us to get hung up on something, right? Because I know that we cognitively believe, right? If you say it's not perfect, everyone goes, of course not, of course not. And you say things like, well, all relationships take some work. They're like, I know, I know. And then they'll find minor infractions and some people use them to make themselves miserable, their partner miserable, or they use it to exit. And a lot of times we have to remind ourselves what the benefits of a relationship are, right? And not get so focused on the negatives. Some people also start to focus on all the negatives when things are going too well, right? It's hard for them to just settle in and be present. And so they're always looking for something bad or wrong. But notice if you're that person, if you're constantly, constantly critiquing your relationship, your partner, what they're doing, you're not accepting them as they are. Now that's the dichotomy. On one hand, yeah, we're allowed to reflect back with our partner on what it's like to be in a relationship with them and to talk about things that we'd love to have change or improve. But at the same time, we have to accept them for who they are. Um, and that's what's supposed to happen in early dating is seeing what it's like to have your two personalities together, not to be thinking about all the things you want to change 
And that's about compatibility. I think too many people enter relationships where the compatibility is not there, or they try to make something work where the compatibility is not there, and it makes them miserable. And I think that we're very confused as to what we should center on. Too many people are very much led by sexual chemistry, romantic interest, but when their personalities come together, they're not saying, what do we create? Is it something that feels good to me and sustainable? Or do we just not get along well? Do we have a lot of things in common? And just because you're interested or attracted to someone or want a relationship with them doesn't mean that it's possible or should happen in that way. So we have to also fold that in there. But I do think some people would be better served by just focusing on some of the beautiful gifts and positive things that are happening, right? Um, so another one is about showing appreciation, and that's kind of stems from the other one. One of the really great ways to keep your relationship solid or to shift the way you feel about each other is to show appreciation. Again, we're really, really great at being critical and critiquing at times. Um, feel really comfortable in that, but we don't challenge ourselves to vocalize appreciation, interest, or attraction. And we want to make sure we're, we're balancing them. If you're someone who has no problem making complaints and criticisms, how often are you showing appreciation and care? It should be balanced more. I'm sorry. It should be imbalanced. It should be more about the appreciation and care because remember you don't date someone to make their life harder. You don't bring yourself into someone's life or them into yours so that their life can be more complex and more difficult. And if you being brought into someone's life or currently being a part of their life, if you make it their life harder and you make them sadder and their life more darker, you got to check yourself. What are you bringing in? And so really try to be more complimentary, more appreciative, be someone that makes someone's life better for having been in it. I think that that's a lesson we all could learn. So zero in on that. How often are you sharing appreciation? How often are you sharing negative things? And if you're not sharing more positive appreciative things and the negative is more prominent, check on, check yourself on that. Seriously, so much work to do. Um, also, you know, I, someone, a professor of mine, I don't remember which one in my grad school program said this and I thought it was so stunning and I've shared this with you all before and I share this with my patients. I say, you know, every couple months, or every couple of years, every couple should sit down and say, how's this been? Do we want to do this again? Do we want to keep moving forward in this commitment? What changes should we, should we maybe make for each other? And we should always sit down and reevaluate. We should do that with everything, every job, every relationship. Um, how's this been? I would love it if people did that with friends. Hey, this past year has been a great friendship. I love having you a part of my life. Can we work on um, talking more positively about each other? Can we work on supporting each other better? Whatever it is, because relationship is so directly tied to our mental health, right? I don't know if people really acknowledge that enough. However your mental health is, the relationships around you are at least making it harder or worse, or sometimes they are the cause of the mental health struggles. And so there should be nothing threatening in sitting down with those in your life and, and assessing the impact they have on you. You don't necessarily always share that and bring that to them, but I think that there's a space for that. I have those kinds of relationships where I check in with my friends and my current relationship, that my current romantic relationship. Like, how's it feeling to you? Um, I want to know. I don't want to be one of those couples where I find out down the road that things weren't, that I wasn't making someone happy. I want people to be happy because I'm part of their life. I want to make their life easier. I want to make their life better. I don't want anyone's life to be harder because I'm in it. And that's work I do really hard with the relationships I'm a part of. You know, I want my legacy on this planet, but also in people's lives to be, wow, he challenged me, right? But I was happy to have him, you know? So we should all seek. There's so many great things in this. Um, maybe I'll bring this back in another segment 
um, later in the week because I think that there's a lot here. Question of the night, y'all. As always, it's up on our Loveline AG page in the stories and then some DMs. Uh, also, I hope you are checking out old Loveline episodes and uh, my books, Rebel Love and Sex Outside the Lines. Both of those bad boys are available on audio, Kindle, and hard copy. So check them out. All right, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we're back. Time to talk a little politics. So I want everyone to take responsibility for the world that they're creating. And I want us to all realize that we have some power in what happens in the next election and talk to those around you. Talk to your friends, talk to your family members. I want you to say, hey, are you registered to vote? No, text them the link to register to vote. It is simple, it is quick. Put it up on your social media pages. People will click on it. Tell them quick and easy, register to vote. You can just get the ballot even mailed to you. You don't even have to leave your home. So ask people, did you register to vote? Are you registered to vote? Do it lovingly, make them feel comfortable. Say, let's do it together now. Here, I'll do it with you. You know, hold people's hands through it. Make sure they get the ballot. Say, hey, did you mail it back? And some people are feeling unsafe about voting in person. We've been tracking the news about USPS and whether or not they'll be able to deliver a mail-in ballot in a timely fashion. So here's what you gotta do. Request your mail-in ballot, right? But then you don't have to mail it in. You can Google, ready for this, your supervisor of elections. Again, Google the word supervisor of elections for your area to see where you can drop off your mail-in ballot. And usually it's not at the polling place. All states allow this. Again, you can get your mail-in ballot requested when you register to vote or non-registered, you can still request, obviously. And then you Google for your supervisor of elections and say you wanna drop off your mail-in ballot. Put on your little mask, go over, drop that bad boy off. Bam, done, all states allow this. Because what you wanna do is you wanna make sure your ballot gets in on time no matter what happens with the mail, right? And then you don't have to worry about waiting in long lines and risking infection. You're just stopping by to drop it off. That is not waiting in the long election line. You can walk right up and say, here's my mail-in ballot. I want to drop it off. But again, most likely that is not going to be dropped off at the polling place. So you need to Google supervisor of elections and find out where you can drop it off. Also, when you drop it off, find out how to track it online and make sure it's verified. States like California, Oregon, Washington, and Colorado have systems that can track your ballot just like tracking a package that you got delivered. All California vote centers have ballot drop-off boxes as well. Some government buildings do too. So, you know, it's there's ways around all the little, you know, messes and tomfoolery that the president's trying to engage in to not let people vote and talk to individuals that are saying, "Mm, I'm not going to, or it doesn't matter. I don't like any of the candidates really talk to them and help them understand that sometimes it is about the lesser of two evils. Sometimes it is about realizing who's going to look out for me the most. Sometimes it is about looking at who is going to be the most willing to listen and to make changes. We got to see what Trump is capable of and what his priorities are. And they're bad and they're wrong. He's not only not up to being the president, he's not healthy enough mentally. I don't believe he is mentally healthy. His ethics and his morals and his value systems are way off, and that is a part of mental health. And he's been exploitative and violent to literally every exploited and minority-based identity I can think of, (laughs) whether it's race, gender, sexuality, or even ability, right? He mocks the disabled. He's taking away healthcare. He's rolling back reproductive rights. It is something that is targeting 
everyone. So make sure you're registered to vote. Get the mail-in ballot or get your mask and your brown bagged lunch ready, as Michelle Obama adorably said, and go wait in, and get ready to wait in line. Ask your friends and family members. Help them. Check in to see if it happened. See if you can help them drop off their ballot. Go with them. There's something powerful about saying, let's do this together that really motivates people. Let's go on and register to vote together. Let's get our mail-in ballots together. Let's go together and drop them off. Let's go wait in line together. That's how we know these things are going to happen. So we got to do it. Also, really Google Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and look at what they've done that's positive and, and remind your friends and family members, look at how they've worked with your community. This is what they've done and what they want to do. And looking at even the trajectory of their growth and their change and their shift, they're waking up, they're getting educated, they're learning, they're trying, and that's all I can ask for versus our current president who is none of those things. You know, mental health is about flexibility. It's about openness right? It's about care and compassion. Those are the qualities. And we want to have that in our leadership. I don't believe we're going to survive another reign of fascism, which is what Trump brings forth. Um, I know a lot of people that are going to be even more violently oppressed and injured if he is reelected. Um, I'm already embarrassed of our country, the way we're managing and handling things. I'm very embarrassed of who's leading our country. If I had a different career, I probably would have left. If I had a different career, I'd probably would consider leaving. It still is a consideration. Um, I do get to decide what I participate in and what I'm impacted by to the best that I can. And that is one of those things. And so we want to create a safe world where those we care about ourselves and our children can participate in a true democracy and get their needs met and also build a country and a government where every single human being has worth, value, and validity, regardless of their sexual orientation, abilities, gender, or race. Let's do it together, y'all. All right, coming up next, we're gonna be doing question of the night, so still some time to weigh in on that, and then we'll be sliding into those DMs. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, question of the night time. I get excited about this. I just realized that when I was sitting here pulling up the question and answers. <laughs> I'm always like, all right, y'all, what do you got for me this time? <laughs> y'all are great about the vulnerability. You don't hold back. I appreciate it. That's why out of respect, I don't hold back with my thoughts on your thoughts. <laughs> so for those just joining us, question of the night, that's always on our Loveline IG page and the stories. Oh my gosh, producer Alex does a really good job putting the questions together, very timely, often include a study. This one, tonight's question of the night was, if you could uh, change one thing about the debates, what would it be? <laughs> Not loaded at all. <laughs> the debates were really hard to watch. I, I wasn't sure I was going to, and then I realized it was really important for me to really hear and see right? Because as a psychologist, I'm, I'm not just listening. I'm also watching, right? Because often it's not what someone says. It's how they say it. It's their body language, their posturing. And I really want to track just how humanized, how compassionate, how thoughtful, how intelligent, how safe I feel around them. Uh, I wasn't impressed by either. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, again, I'm voting for Biden. I'm far more comfortable with that man. But um, I thought he seemed very tired, a little flustered, Really beautiful moment, though, and he was defending, which should not have to have been done, his son's struggle with some mental health issues. I thought that was a beautiful moment. Um, Trump is disgusting, as always, but um, 
my God. All right, anyway, I, I, I digress. Question of the night, if you could change one thing about the debates, what would it be? I think for me, uh, more control. God bless Chris Wallace. He was not prepared for that. That man has not been challenged like that. I think he's used to people following the rules. I think he's used to, ha- I, I don't know what that was about, but that man was not ready. Uh, I wish he had the ability to sh- quiet down those mics. But uh, what people said, someone said, hire Maddow to moderate. Yeah, I'm at that. Rachel Maddow, yeah. I know there's some memes going around saying get a lesbian in there to do that job. They'll they'll handle that structure, balance. I mean, it's a little stereotypy there. But um, yeah, hi, Maddow, oh, I'm down for that one. Question tonight, if you could change one thing about the debates, what would it be? Someone else said, yes. Let the moderator turn the mics on and off. Simple, right? Like you're leaving it to someone, to a, uh, my God, egomaniac, like a sociopath like Trump, and you think he's going to follow rules? That man doesn't know what those are. He has no respect. So yeah, you need to be able to have a pull mic on that, a cut, a cut cord, cut button. I don't know what the word would be, but yeah, shut that man down. Question tonight, if one thing about the debates could change, what do you want it to be? Someone said that everyone's mic either on and off only when it's your turn. Yeah, that's kind of a no brainer that the moderator should say, you know, um, Vice President Biden, uh, please answer. And then like he hits a green light and his mic goes on and Trump needs to just sit there in the silence in the dark. I don't know. That's a no-brainer to me. I'm shocked that that hasn't been implemented. Question that, if you could change one thing about the debates, what would it be? Someone said, give them both gloves. You mean like throw down? Like get in the ring kind of thing? (laughs) Oh, man. Someone else said, include third-party candidates. Yeah, that's legit. That's fair. I know. That's a controversial loaded thing, right? Voting for and supporting third-party candidates, which we need. I'm not down with only two options. Um, Neither are my first pick. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I have a lot to say about that, but we're going to stay with the uh, question of the night right now. Question of the night was, if you could change one thing about the debates, what would it be? Someone said, I wish I could block all debate stuff from my newsfeed. It makes me more, it makes it more depressing than normal. I appreciate that. I know. I know not, not much was revealed that most people tracking the news and politics weren't already aware of. Uh, but again, I always want to see people in action and I want to see them uh, versus just reading headlines and seeing out of context quotes and sound bites. I really wanted to just see them in their element and uh, see how they engaged each other and responded to these questions. So I, I needed to see that, but I support all of those that are taking a break from the news wholeheartedly and are saying, I don't, I don't need a minute by minute. I can once a day kind of at the end of the day, find out what happened. I appreciate that. I think that's an important part of mental health and boundaries and self-care right now, right? Is really moderating the way that these things are showing up in your life for how long and in what way. I think that that's important. Again, question tonight is if you could change one thing about the debates, what would it be? Someone else said, have a female moderator. I know, I know where you're going with that. Um, a little, a little stereotypical though, assuming that a female would do better. I, I, I'm not going to gender it, uh, but yes, someone, someone different. <laughs> I didn't have high hopes for Chris Wallace. I, he, I mean, he did worse than I thought, but I didn't have these like over the top hopes that this person was going to be very in control. Again, Trump's a live wire. You never know what's going to happen with that guy. So it's exhausting to me. It's exhausting sometimes sitting in all this and talking about it. Not going to lie. Right. Cause it matters. It's a big deal. The far reaching impacts of the voting decision and who's elected and what that means for a lot of us. It's all in there when we're watching these things. And so I know a lot of people sat there in terror, you know, really watching Trump and hearing him. And yeah, anyway, I'm feeling it right now. All right, y'all, question of the night, done, but it's back up for tonight. So weigh in on that on our Love and IG page in the stories. 
Coming up next is the DMs. So if you got a question for us, slide on in there. That's also on the Loveline IG page. Follow us back, but drop your questions in there. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. And we'll be back in two minutes. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, now it's time to do some DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex of world. We want you to explore with confidence. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris, kind of struggling with my family right now and I need some advice. I'm adopted and I'm black. My entire family is white, like Irish white, laugh out loud. Ah, oh, that's me. So I, got, I, I kind of understand some of maybe where this is going to go. I'm white Irish. Uh, I'm, I'm actually white Jewish Irish. I don't really know how the, all that folds in there, but I'm a Jew as well. Anyway, you say, <laughs> ever since Trump has been in office, it's obviously been a little awkward. I've started to go around less and less because I'm pretty sure they voted for Trump. Oh, my heart just sunk. But this is an example where just because someone is someone white, just because someone white has black children or a black boyfriend or whatever it is, doesn't mean they're not racist. That doesn't absolve your possible racism, right? We're all racist. All white people are racist. We're raised in a racist white supremacist culture. We all have things that we've internalized. That doesn't mean you're a bad person, but important part of anti-racism work is acknowledging where it still exists for you. And we all have it socialized in us. Um, consciously and unconsciously, comments around us, how people are portrayed. This is shown over and over, right? And this is shown from early childhood where children start to develop different stereotypes. Stereotypes are things that we are socialized within. And so, yeah, for real. So you start to go around less and less, pretty sure they voted for Trump, that hurts my soul. Even if they didn't, when I'm over there, they make jokes about, they make jokes that make me feel super uncomfortable. My God. I constantly feel guilty because they gave me a second chance at life, but I don't want to be around racists, and that's what they support in Trump. I don't know how to make this guilt go away. Oof, thank you for that question. So honest, so vulnerable. And I don't think you're alone in different versions of that for people that have homophobic parents or transphobic loved ones and friends. Um, your mental health matters. Your mental health comes before any obligation you have to someone else. Your mental health comes before the fact that someone's your parent or family. Your mental health matters. And I will always prioritize that as a mental health professional and an activist. And so you don't need to be around anyone that's toxic for you for any reason. I don't care if it's your employer, I don't care if it's your mom, I don't care if it's your girlfriend or boyfriend. If someone's toxic and bad for your mental health, you need to set boundaries. And that means not having them in your life at all. That might mean you determining in what ways, when, and how. Uh, but I think you should talk to them first because it sounds like there's a lot of question marks in there. I mean, what's real is they make comments and make you uncomfortable. That's unacceptable and I support you in setting that boundary. I'm sad that you have to do that. They should be holding each other accountable. That is where um, more of a collective-based mentality comes in. Yeah, you are responsible for the comments of people around you. Don't leave it all on this poor child who's writing in with this DM to defend himself as the only black person. Uh, where are these other family members that are sitting there with these other white people that are making racist comments, period, whether in front of a black person or not, and you're all staying quiet? That is you being racist. Silence is racism. Silence allows the continuance and the strengthening of that, especially when there's someone black sitting there listening to it. What is wrong with the other people at that table or in that conversation? Speak up. I don't care if it's your boss. I don't care if it's your dad. I don't care if it's a police officer. You speak up. When you hear someone saying or doing something like that, that is how you are an ally. And this person should not have to be around that. 
And so, yeah, these people are callous and they're cruel and you don't need to be around them just because they're your family and you don't owe them anything because they chose to adopt you. That was their decision making. Mental health matters. You put that first. And I'm sorry that that's happening. So I'm saying to those that are listening to the show, be better. Don't allow that kind of world to exist. Don't allow for that kind of thing to have to happen. This poor person. And now he is left deciding how to manage this, an issue that he didn't create, that he was brought into and is forced to continue to possibly be around. That's not okay. You shouldn't have to deal with that. Not from anyone, especially not family. And it's a reminder that we all need to check our racism. Even if you have a black boyfriend, girlfriend, parent, child, whatever it is, it doesn't mean that you don't have things to work on. Oh man, I want to get to a time where these things just aren't controversial or anything we need to talk about. It hurts my soul. Anyway, y'all, what a good note to go out on. Do better. Action. Step up. Get loud. Get dangerous. Be heard. Damn. Slime the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore the confidence. All right, y'all. Tomorrow's show. It's a good, good one. Talk about how to get through the holidays. What are we going to do? We're all going to be staying put because we're in a pandemic, y'all. All right, uh, question night up on our Love and IG page. Slide in the DMs, drop us some questions. The Love Line is podcasted over at wearechannelq.com. My live stream show, I'm listening live every Thursday. That's on all the radio.com handles. You guys, thanks for hanging out with me. Go do the Lord's work and uh, have an awesome, awesome night.